Welcome to the Send Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss horse health, nutrition, training and performance. Welcome everyone to the next installment of the Send Nutrition Podcast. You're with your hosts, Peter and Brian, and today we're going to talk about how to feed a neglected rescue horse in episode 23. And we'll go through the challenges you face when taking on these rescue horses and then the right way to feed as there are a lot of misconceptions and different data coming out, but yeah, to, to improve them and to bring them back to their proper health. So how are you today, Peter? Brian, I'm not too bad today. Very sunny and beautiful day in, in Brisbane today after we had a lot of rain the last couple of days. So very, very good to proceed with this very touching topic as well. It is, it is one that we're slowly getting a bit more inquiry about, you know, more people are getting um, neglected horses, but probably more so as well, some horses coming off the track that, that are a little bit run down. And I mean, in terms of, you know, looking like a greyhound, having had the, the TLC um, maybe throughout the, you know, the place that they were. And there are a lot of questions. Well, you know, I'm getting this horse, what should I do with it? People are a little bit puzzled. So hopefully we'll, we'll go through and touch a lot of the topics that, that you know, we're getting questions that, that we can address, obviously, um, today. Yeah, we've got some really kind-hearted souls that will take on these horses for their new life or new role, but then some horses from many industries in Australia, they do unfortunately end up in those auctions and those auction places, they're not run at high budgets where they're gonna really nourish them. They sort of try and move them on and then it's left to the owner to, to find out what, what's going on with this horse and then build them up to strength to be a, a nicer horse in a nicer home. These rescue horses don't function in the same way as a normal horse that has been taken care of properly. And for example, they've gone without the proper diet and their care for a long time. And this has an effect on their metabolic and digestive system. Look, Brian, I'll take my hat off to, to any listeners out there that are looking at taking a, a neglected horse or in the process of, of getting one or have one. Like it's, it's an extremely big commitment. It's going to involve a lot of time, a lot of effort, um, you know, a lot of ups and downs. So if people are looking at, at getting one, I think the commitment is, is something that you need to know, you know what you're getting into. It's not just going out there throwing feed and forgetting about it. It's almost, you know, it's, it's like an hour by hour thing initially when you get them. Um, you know, the horse will need to be moved in and out of pasture throughout the day, you know, fed hay, you know, pretty much every couple of hours will require frequent meals um, and, and you know that's just the beginning of, of the process. Yeah a, a lot of monitoring and also recognizing any problems they have so they could have the overgrown hooves, they, they could be foundering. The malnutrition brings on gastric upsets and digestive problems and there may be some vet consults through that because if the horse is very uncomfortable you need to get them in a comfortable state first. So Brian, basically, if someone's about to get a horse or, or, or has a rescue horse, what sort of advice would you give them sort of first of all, or any tips sort of from the start, what they can do to, to get the ball rolling basically? Yeah, so with, with rescue horses, the first thing many owners think they can do is just feed them up straight away. And that's a, that's a big misconception because that whole system hasn't been used to a nutrient rich diet but I think the first thing you should all start on all horses is roughage. 100%. And as you just said before, the, you know, the listeners out there will need to proceed with extreme caution and, and obviously slowly. 
and by that, it's, it's giving his body a chance to adjust um, with each step. Look, some horses are, are in such poor condition that they're unable to eat. And you know, this is very extreme, but you know, we will try to address what to do in that sense as well. Um, look, in a short term you know, procedure with the goal of getting your horse you know, interested in eating, that could be, you know, that could be as, you know, as hard as what, it, as what it looks like, if not harder. Retired racehorses almost you know, inevitably have ulcers, so that's another obstacle that the listeners might have to help with in terms of getting veterinarian involved, you know, like maybe getting it scoped to, 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 to confirm the issue or not. You know, your veterinarian might need to prescribe some medication, so, so just be open to the costs that are going to be associated with, with, you know, with possible vet bills. With veterinary medicine, it is advised to, you know, to be used for, for a month or so because there could be complications further down the track if it, if it is obviously you know, longer than a month. The three main components sort of, of healing the ulcers are chewing on hay or pasture at all times, plenty of water, and obviously try to reduce the stress as well if your horse is diagnosed with ulcers. Great point, Peter. And then further down the track, you can use natural supplements like our Ulcer Protect in terms of helping to prevent those ulcers from reoccurring and complementing your environment management and reducing that stress in the horse. But the two things that Peter touched on, unlimited roughage and unlimited water, is the, the foundation that the rescue horses need at the start and then gradually getting in on their hard feed which shouldn't be overloaded with grain. So as Brian mentioned, obviously our, our first goal basically if we have a checklist is to ultimately try to get your horse to graze free choice. Um, obviously pasture and or hay. Uh, you, know, you want his forage to include a legume um, such as lucent so it's not just straight you know, you know, roads grass or a, or a native pasture. You do want to include lucent as well just to mix that up and you know, there are numerous benefits of, of lucent as well. So the problem might be if you put him straight on pasture pretty much from, you know, from the get-go, his digestive tract isn't ready for it. So you could have even bigger complications if you just let him you know, go crazy on pasture. So highly advised not to do that. Um, and just start obviously with, you know, with the points that we're going to discuss in the next couple of points. Yeah, that's probably a strategy of they're feeding multiple times a day, hand feeding the hay. 100% Brian and we'll, we'll go through, there's about seven points obviously in a checklist that, you know, that we'd like to go through from obviously from, from step one to, to, you know, to step seven and just to let our listeners know, you know with the research that we've done um, and, and with the few clients that we have worked with, the rescue horses, how they've managed to, to turn a horse around by following these steps. Yep, 100%. So we'll, we'll take you through these steps now and Peter will kick off with the first one. Yeah, so Nutshell, Brian, is like, the microbiome population in his hindgut is not adequate for fibre digestion. Obviously, you know, through the neglect that's, you know, that's been there. So too much, too soon, you know, he may, he may colic a founder. So basically, here is what we recommend for a 500 kilogram horse. And obviously, you know, this is his normal weight, not the weight that he is at the moment. Um, so pretty much the first point is to provide him with a prebiotic. We've got the Sen Extra Balance, which Brian can explain the benefits of that product shortly. But what we recommend is a, is a double dose of, of the Extra Balance um, every day for approximately a month, and then reduce his dosage to a, to a maintenance level. Yeah, the Sen Extra Balance is excellent for their whole digestive system, containing that quality prebiotic, live probiotics, the organic humates, and the yeast-based toxin binder. So that's gonna 
that's going to really strengthen that whole system and then enable the horse to ferment that fiber better and then cope with that roughage coming into their system. Great point, Brian. So just to confirm, that's a double dose for the first 30 days and then just reduce it to the maintenance level thereon. So the second point is where we start introducing the, the grassy hay. So ideally, if you can get, you know, like a, like a Rhodes grass or, or anything more, you know, more pasture than, you know, than legume. Like Rhodes grass is, is ample in, in Queensland. So if you're, if you're down south, you know, look at an alternative. And what we'll do is we'll start with 450 grams of Rhodes grass every two hours. Or if you can't get Rhodes grass and you've got pasture, um, we limit pasture grazing for 30 minutes for an hour break in between. At night, we leave him with two kilograms of hay in, in his box, plenty of water, ideally offered free choice salt at 30 to 40 grams per day. Yeah, that, that's really important, just, just to keep their thirst activation going and to hydrate properly so they're gonna get the water inside their cells in their body. So basically, we maintain the second point for three days and on the fourth day, we increase the amount of hay to one kilogram Per every two hours and we give him 3.5 kilograms of hay at night yeah and those approximate amounts they're gonna at the start may not eat to that volume but it's just getting that horse just getting that horse used to that roughage level and and steadily increasing without overburdening their system yeah so basically we're getting him to adapt to the hay slowly rather than just jamming it all at once and yeah. you know with possible problems coming up yeah risking the colic episodes Fantastic, good, good point, Brian. So by the end of the two weeks, he should be able to have hay available free choice or graze on pasture 24 seven. Um, Elicers need to be sure he has enough um, at night to last him throughout the night and there should be some hay left over in the morning. So basically, as, as our listeners can see, it's, it's a very gradual process. Week two being a major stepping stone where he should be eating pretty much at lib, whether it's pasture or hay. If it is spring grass, be careful as well, you know, unless you've got your, you know, your pasture tested. So just, just monitor the individual in front of you and see whether he's putting on condition, whether he's, he's, you know, he's stagnant or he's hit a plateau or even, God forbid, sort of starting to go backwards. So it needs to be analyzed as, as an individual. Um, so that's, that's our fourth point. Moving forward, starting week three and four, we're gonna add some loosen into, into his hay ration. So basically we're gonna do unlimited roads grass ideally or pasture and we start with 450 grams per day of loosen for three days and then when we, and then we're going to add 500 grams every other three days until we reach a total of, of four kilograms per day yeah and then that will ideally turn into a grassy loosen 50 50 mix and that's going to be ideal and with that grassy loosen mix that you mentioned brian that's that's a mix that the horse can be left on sort of moving forward yep and then moving forward onto the week three, you can also start beginning to feed four small meals each day. And, and they're gonna be really small, but we would, you would want them not to be grain-based because you've already prepared that digestive system to cope with fiber fermentation. And then that's gonna put the calories into the system for the horse to use and get stronger. So the Send Grain Free or even the Send CF50, they're both gonna fill those nutri nutrient gaps that the grassy loosen is not plugging. So when you look at it, you get your rescue horse to get to the volume it's required for its digestive system. Once that's achieved, then you can start looking at getting the nutrition 
balance right in the diet through a healthy grain-free palate, which has all the required vitamin minerals in the right ratios. So Brian, maybe I'll give an example. So let's just say, you know, with the grain-free, we recommend a kilogram uh, per day to hit all your vitamin mineral levels for a 500 kilogram horse. So what we might do in this instance is, if we're gonna break that up into four small meals, it'll be 250 grams four times a day, and that will get the horse basically used to eating the grain-free product, but also, you know, replenishing his deficiencies, which he probably has with his vitamins and minerals. The prime prebiotic in the product will help with fiber digestion. It's a really good protein source as well, but the most important part is it's only 2.9% sugar and starch, which is, which is ideal on top of the, the hay that he's been getting for, for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's really the healthiest way to kickstart their system and going grain-free first. It's just gonna set their system up in a better metabolic condition than if you went grain. And it's really important to get this nutrient profile right with the right ratios because all these rescue horses come in with coat issues and also hoof issues which come from a deficiency in vitamin minerals and providing it from the start in these four small meals it's going to really benefit the horse when they're at full strength so brian obviously we'd recommend adding a oil. would you do it the same way breaking like a 60 mil maintenance dose into into four meals a day as well with the oil? Yeah, 100%. And that's gonna plug that omega-3 gap that is lacking in the grassy hay. And it's gonna be so beneficial through their body system, getting it, getting it used to oil in the feed. And then that's used as a cool source of calories to put condition on, but not in a rapid way, overloading with sugar and starch because the oil has no sugar and starch, but with healthy fats in omega-3. Brian, you made a valid point about the sugar and starch. So a lot of the feeds on the market, as we know, for, for younger horses, older horses, you know, like the weight gain products, a lot of them are, are grain-based products. And we sort of know that when you check the back of the bag and, you know, it's got 10% fiber or 12% fiber, it's not really, you know, a grain-free product. It's, it's a grain-based product. So always look at the first two or three ingredients and see what they are and always look at the fiber level. So a healthy product, is normally 25% fiber. So it doesn't matter what's written on the bag, look at the fiber level at the back. Yeah, I think we've had an instance during the week in the office that um, I was talking to a customer and they said, oh, the, the so-and-so feed, it says it's high fiber and great for hindgut health. And when you look at the breakdown, it had 8% fiber or something around that. And I just said to the lady, it's, it's not high fiber, 8% is not over 20% or even close to our 35%. You can't recommend that as a healthy choice unless the horse is being worked in a heavy setting and needs that, but that needs to be complemented with other fiber sources and to keep that hindgut in, in the best condition. So always read the fine print and the fine print is in that ingredient or nutrient breakdown and don't just look at the keywords because they're allowed to write anything like cool feed or high fiber. I think a natural reaction for people would be if they did get this neglected rescue horse is to, well, you know, let's put as much feed into them. Let's, you know, let's get them as fat as possible. But it's almost like you're starting up an engine that hasn't been worked for, for, for a couple of years. You know, you can't just, you know, put all the oil, put all the petrol in it, you know, put the gas down and, and, and take off. It's almost like drip feeding, trickle feeding. So you don't want to overwhelm the horse's gut with the grain-based product because that's really just going to make him get backwards in a, in a, rapid, in a rapid time. 
Um, so we did cover the points with the fat, with the fiber. And I think what the goal should be is, so the end goal will be to gradually decrease the number of meals every two weeks, but increase the amount of feed in each meal. So that by the end of the month, you know, you're providing pretty much two meals per day. So we've gone from, you know, very limited feed to a lot of multiple feeds to try to get him to eating two meals per day, obviously with the adequate roughage. So it's not really rocket science what we're, what we're doing, but it's really gonna have to be treading on the, you know, on caution, you know, having your, having all the alerts on where something pretty much can go wrong anytime. And it's just, you know, trying to tick off the boxes to prevent anything going wrong. Yeah, well said, Pete. So the, the way you look at a rescue horse is they're all individuals. You've got to get this foundation right and then adjust to that metabolic rate because you don't know what has happened to them before hand and even mentally like they're gonna you're gonna work out their social issues and with them either having been in a bad environment where they haven't been paid attention to or been picked on uh, they might bite or kick so you got to be have your wits about you and the the bad habits that they have developed may need to be untrained but with a lower grain diet or a really low sugar and starch diet you're going to set them up mentally so then they can be retaught or retrained and it's not too late to do that well i think obviously the goal being to put on as much condition of the horse as possible is when we get all that fiber into them gradually they're going to ferment that you know the fermentation you know will will help with the b vitamins you know will help with the immune system it's a natural prebiotic so by fermenting the fiber into volatile fatty acids, naturally the condition will come. So stay away from, from grain feeds, you know, look at the bag. If you're not feeding our products and you're gonna feed another company's products, look at the fiber level, you know, at least 25% and above. Vitamins and minerals are crucial as well because that horse will be deficient in vitamins and minerals. It will be deficient in, in gut microbiome as well. So a live probiotic with the prebiotic is a, is a must to help with the absorption and digestion of fiber. And just really be careful and know that you're gonna be going through this very slow process. And if you don't see results instantly, don't give up. Like, you know, it might take a month to see results, it might take four or five months because it, we don't know the background of that particular horse that you have. Yeah, 100% Peter. The, the way even a hoof grows out, it takes a hoof over 12 months to grow fully out. So you're looking at the long term, stick with the diet, tweak it minorly if you can identify any symptoms or anything that's going on, but you're in it for the long haul. I think maybe to be on the safe side, and this is probably a prime example of where if you do have a horse in that situation, you're almost better off using our free diet analysis um, on our website to go, well, look, I've got this horse, this is a situation, this is what I'm thinking of feeding. Can you please look over it for me just so I'm not making any mistakes? Because then at least you know every box is ticked. And it's easier to do it with someone as well than trying to guess it on your own because it's, it's very difficult because it's a very difficult situation that that person is in with that particular horse. Yeah, and even if you are experienced in taking on rescue horses, it's even good to check the diet that you have been using with success compared to the diet that we recommend because there's always room for improvement and also learning more about the physiology. You might be 100% on the right track and continue doing it and continue doing great work as well. But when we see diets being submitted, there's always room for improvement and then the horse is gonna benefit in the end. Brian, you make a valid point. And 
each horse is an individual and you know maybe one of our listeners there will say hey well look you know i fed a grain based product to a rescue horse before and it was perfect and like that's fair enough it does happen in some cases because maybe that horse hasn't been neglected for as long as what another one that has been neglected most of its life and if you give that same feed to that other horse you know he might go backwards really quickly so it's better to be on the safe side with a high fiber diet you know introduce it slowly have the fat have the vitamins have the minerals play the you know play the percentage game where you know nine out of ten times you know with a high fiber diet high fat that horse will make a full recovery where you know if you do go the other way and try to do it the grain-based product you know yeah maybe half of them will go good maybe less will go good but you're just playing with fire and you know if it doesn't work out for you that horse will get backwards very quickly and your vet bills are going to be through the roof to try to save its life yeah it it is definitely a higher risk way going the grain-based way and a lower risk feeding is the fiber way and it has many benefits including that lower risk of ulcers lower metabolic issues and also a stronger immune system overall so you can't measure immune system strength comparing like grain to to fiber until it's too late with the grain because a high gut health being preserved better with a high fiber diet is going to have a stronger immune system overall well look 90 percent of those horses will most likely have ulcers so if you put that horse on a grain-based diet straight away it's going to take you forever to get rid of those ulcers even if you've got it on the ulcer medication but with fiber you know naturally that will help with the with the prevention and healing of ulcers we did mention the ulcer protect to to, to assist with that as well and then with the extra saliva that it's going to generate from from the hay so you know it's a natural antacid so there's you know the benefits out of the high fiber high fat feed way outnumber you know the the limited benefits of a, of a grain-based feed yeah well well said peter and overall if you do have any questions regarding a diet suitable for for a rescue horse get in touch anytime through the phone over the website social media join our send users group everyone's there to offer a hand and and give advice on their own experiences and no one's entirely right or wrong we're all here to help the overall health of every horse or as many horses as we can as possible. Brian, I'd like to sort of make one last point before we before we close the podcast. So this would apply not just, you know, a rescue horse that's sort of, you know, on its knees. It could apply to a horse that's come out from, you know, from another home that hasn't been looked after. It could be, you know, out of a racing stable. It just could be a horse that's just really, really in poor condition. So by implementing this not just for the rescue horses it can be implemented for any horse that's you know that's come from northern territory to tasmania for argument's sake because that travel you know it's it's taken a lot of energy there's a lot of stress in travel as well so this is like a it's a great alternative to to give to any horse to get them back on track and one last point too this would apply to a degree as well to horses like brumbies you know that come out of the wild that you know their gut bacteria are going to be totally different when they're eating bark and eating weeds and you know eating whatever they can find so we can't just pile the brumby with grain-based feed and go hey put on weight so i might say for weight would be what we have just discussed um we will probably outline this podcast in an article in the future as well just so people can refer back to, to what we discussed with the amounts and and a seven eight sort of step program that we that we you know that we discussed just as a as a reference point as well yeah it'll be a good guide to start and then having a think how to formulate the diet for your new rescue horse or even an existing one that you have so 
that's that'll wrap it up today, Peter. I think. Brian, so. very good topic. We we've learnt a lot ourselves as well through this. So, you know, as we said, you know, we're just here to educate and help people out there. We're not here to just to peddle our products and and you know try to make as much money as we can. It's all about the horse, and this is a very close topic to us as well. So we hope that everyone's enjoyed the information. You know, we we love doing this podcast. So please email us, message us on, on, on Facebook if you do have any topics you want us to cover. And, and you know, the more ideas we have on topics, you know, the more content we can produce as well. Yeah, well said, Peter. And we will see you for another episode next week. Thanks very much, Brian. Thanks, guys.